You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. Let us now read from God's Word from the book of Revelation, chapter 12. Chapter 12 is also the text for the preaching of God's Word this morning. A great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with a moon under her feet and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1260 days. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against a dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. When the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child, The woman was given the two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the desert where she would be taken care of for a time, times and half a time, out of the serpent's reach. Then from his mouth the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with a torrent. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring, those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, in these four weeks before Christmas, we call this time the Advent, the time in which we look forward to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as New Testament church, we can say that we also look forward to his return. 
we may remember the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ on Christmas Day, but we also look forward to his return on the clouds of heaven. If you look around us in this world, then we see indeed that the word of God, Christ, is being preached all over the earth. The earth is being prepared for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't always see it here in our own country. It looks like the church is losing its importance, that the church doesn't have to play a role, doesn't play a role anymore in our society. But if you look at the entire earth, then you see indeed that everywhere on this earth, Christ is gathering his church and his word is being proclaimed. That was quite different in the first advent, the time before the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in the flesh. The time then, it was a dark time. Not many people expected him. The entire earth went on their own ways. Only there in Judea, in Jerusalem, and also in Galilee, that there were a few people who were still expecting our Lord Jesus Christ, but not many. It was indeed one of the darkest times, or maybe the darkest time in the history of the world. And we read about the history of the world, and also the future of the world in Revelation 12, and there we read indeed that the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth, so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. And that was how it looked like when the Lord Jesus was born. In Revelation 12, God shows to us how from the beginning Satan is trying to prevent God's kingdom from coming. God is building his kingdom all over the earth throughout the history of the world. And it would go through the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and his wonderful work of salvation That is what God had decided. But from the beginning, Satan does not want that to happen. He does not want God to get all honor and praise from his creation. Satan wants to be God. But he also knows from the beginning that if he does not prevent the coming of Christ, then he will never have a chance to become God and King. Revelation 12 shows us in very short the whole history of the coming of God's kingdom and with that the whole history of of God's creation. From the moment on that God announced the coming of his son in Genesis 3 verse 15, there was war between Satan and the people of God. Now in Revelation 12, God shows us that Satan is not able to resist God and prevent his kingdom from coming. Now, in the time in which we live, now we may know that Satan is, in fact, defeated. There is no hope for him anymore. And what he still does know, that is, what he still does now is to try to destroy as much of God's people as possible. But he is already defeated. Three times already. And we are waiting for his final defeat. The book of Revelation tells us about the power that Satan still has and the terrible things he can do to try to deceive the saints. 
we will see that again in Revelation 13 this afternoon. He will get the whole world behind him, that is, all the inhabitants of the world, except those who remain faithful to Christ, they will follow him. He still has power. Lots of power. Lot of power. But we as Christians, we may know that his power is limited. God is king. And his kingdom will come. And his kingdom cannot fail. We have him in heaven, seated at God's right hand. Jesus Christ, he will protect us. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. And this morning I proclaim to you the word of God, summarized under this theme. Rejoice, the Lord is king. First, his kingdom cannot fail. Second, he sits at God's right hand. And third, he will come again. Rejoice, the Lord is king. First, his kingdom cannot fail. We know that God is king. As Christians, we know that. But those who don't believe, they don't believe that he is king either. We live in a time and in a world in which many still don't see the reality and God does not receive the honor and praise which are due him. In Revelation 5, verse 13, there we can read that the whole creation, that all creatures in heaven and on earth, they all sing God's praises. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. All creatures, yes indeed, except so many of mankind. Especially mankind, man who was created and ordained as the image of God who in the first place should honor God, as the Belgic Confession says in Article 12. But now we see that the whole creation serves God and praises Him, except so many of mankind. Man who was created to be the first and the highest in His creation. Now He is the last who acknowledges God as King. And it is through God's grace that we as believers, through His Holy Spirit, do know him as king and that we are citizens of his kingdom. And we expect him to come again as glorious king. Those who don't acknowledge him as king and who persist in their rejection of him as king, they will be forced at the end to admit that they were wrong and they have to bow down before him. But still, now we live in a time that Satan is going around like a roaring lion. He is filled with fury. But we may know that he cannot conquer us, God's people, and he will not be able to maintain his power on this earth. It is the Lamb, Revelation 14, who will obtain the final victory. And as long as we live on this earth, we will have to fight in order to claim his entire creation for God, to be his witnesses and to speak his word. In Revelation 12, we read about the great battle throughout the whole history. The battle between the woman and the serpent, as announced by God in Genesis 3, verse 15. We all know that text. I assume I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. 
and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And when we read in Revelation 12 about the woman and also about the dragon, then immediately this text comes to mind. Genesis 3 verse 15, the enmity between Satan and the woman. And this woman in Revelation 12 symbolizes Eve. Eve and her descendants, as mentioned in Genesis 3 verse 15, that are all believers, God's people, the people that the church of God, of all times and all places, the, pe- the covenant people of God. And this woman is clothed with the sun and has the moon under her feet and a crown of twelve stars on her head. It's all light. The woman receives all attention. She is standing in the full light of all the heavenly bodies. God gives her glory because he has chosen her. He crowns her with a crown of twelve stars. And this woman is pregnant. She cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. And again, this reminds us of Genesis 3. Now Genesis 3 verse 16. There it is said to Eve that God will greatly increase her pains in childbearing. And that is the result of her sin. Just as a great battle was also the result of the sin of mankind. Now we see the woman in her vulnerability, pregnant and in pain, about to give birth. And then we also see the great red dragon. An enormous dragon, with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his head. And this dragon is also mentioned in verse 9. And there we learn who this dragon is, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. Several names for a dragon. Devil. The word devil, that means the one who disturbs everything, who plays with words in order to to cause confusion, to deceive. And the word Satan means enemy, the one who resists God. And then he is also the one who leads the whole world astray. And that is already in Isaiah 27, verse 1, that the names serpent and dragon are used for the same. And there we read in Isaiah 27, In that day the Lord with his heart and great and strong sword will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent. Leviathan, the twisting serpent, and he will slay the dragon that is in the sea. And it is this figure, Leviathan, that is shown here in Revelation 12. According to the mythology, Leviathan was a huge monster, a dragon with seven heads. The fact that this red dragon has seven heads is because of that. Revelation 13, we will also read about the beast with the seven heads. The first beast with seven heads and ten horns. Satan called this beast out of the sea to exercise his power on the earth. And Satan gives authority to that beast. And this beast was created by Satan in his own image. We will see it this afternoon. And also in that he tried to imitate God in creating this beast in his image. The seven heads of the first beast are not only the image of the dragon, but they also symbolize Rome, which was built on seven hills. However, the red dragon, about which we read here in Revelation 12, he is not the same as the first beast. He is not the Roman Empire. And the seven heads of the dragon don't have the meaning which the seven heads of the first beast had. 
And I don't think there's any other reason why these seven heads are mentioned here than that Leviathan was understood to have seven heads. The dragon pictured here is after the, the image in the mythology of Leviathan. The Leviathan was feared by all peoples as a terrible monster. And the appearance of this red dragon, which resembles Leviathan, as it was known by all the peoples in the olden days, it was terrible. And then the ten horns that shows his enormous aggression. The seven crowns on the seven heads shows that he is the prince of the world, the ruler of the world. He has much authority. He has the authorities of this earth in his power. In this he is different again from the first beast that he created in his image. The first beast had ten crowns on his horns, not on his heads. And those ten horns symbolized the king, the kings. But here the red dragon himself is crowned the prince of the world. And this red dragon stood before the woman in all his power and anger. And he still swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. First we see the woman. She has a crown of twelve stars. And the heavenly bodies, the sun, the moon and the stars must all serve to give glory to the woman. God puts her in the lights. God gives her her, her crown. But now the dragon shows that he also has power. And he can sweep a third of the stars out of the sky. He again tries to imitate God by showing his power over the stars. The red dragon, that is Satan. He knew that the child that was about to be born was the one who was announced in Genesis 3 verse 15. The promised one who was to crush his head. He knew that he had to devour this child, or else it would mean his defeat and destruction. And that is why he is waiting, standing there before the woman, to devour the child as soon as it would be born. If we think about it, brothers and sisters, then it shows that the situation is very tense. It was a very critical moment in the history of salvation. And indeed, if you look at the situation in the time in which the Lord Jesus was born, it looked like everything was lost. He was born in the darkest moment of the whole history of God's people and of the world. And the line of Israel, God's chosen people, became smaller and thinner. In the Old Testament, first it were twelve tribes, later only two, and after the exile only a remnant of the two, And in the days of Joseph and Mary, again, only a few of that remnant who expected the Messiah. A few powerless and poor people. A very dark time. The dragon was indeed ready to devour the child as soon as it would be born. But then we also see that especially in those dark times, God's power is made perfect in our weakness. God protects the woman in all her vulnerability. And he protects the child. The child was snatched up to God and to his throne. About this child, it is said that he is a male child who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. The great king whose kingdom will come. And about the life of the Lord Jesus on earth, we don't read anything here in Revelation 12. Only his birth and his ascension are mentioned. 
beginning and the end of his life on earth as man. But the beginning and the end, it all summarizes his work through which he obtained the right to rule all the nations with an iron scepter. It's all summarized in those few words. Satan thought that he could devour the child. Satan thought that he could succeed in his plan when Jesus Christ died on the cross. But the result of the death of our Lord Jesus Christ was the defeat of Satan. Jesus Christ ascended into heaven. And that is the first defeat Satan had to suffer. He was not able to devour the child. And that was the greatest defeat. He knew that that would mean his own destruction. We pray in the prayer which our Lord Jesus Christ taught us, if God, if God's kingdom may come, if God will destroy the works of the devil, every power that raises itself against God and every conspiracy against his word. Well, God did destroy the works of Satan in a wonderful way when his son died on the cross. And also when he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. After his first defeat of Satan, others will follow. And we see in the second place that the Lord, who is king, sits at God's right hand. And when the dragon saw that the child was snatched up to heaven, to God and his throne, then in all his fury, he and his devils, his fallen angels, went up to heaven. They went after him and tried to snatch him back from heaven. In the Old Testament, Satan could always come into heaven. He could walk in and out, so he thought that he would be able to do so now again. In the Old Testament, in the book of Job, we can read that Satan came in heaven even before God, and also in in Zechariah we can read that in heaven he accused the believers, he showed to God their sins and sinfulness, and told God, that God should let them go and punish them and give them over to his own to his own power, power because of their sins. And he could constantly accuse them in the Old Testament. But now, in the New Testament, after the work of Christ was finished, now when he tried again to enter heaven with his devils, now Michael and his angels refused him entrance. In the past, Michael had to let him through, let him come in heaven. But now he does not have to let it happen anymore. And now there came war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. Instead of being able to enter heaven, Satan was denied entrance. But Satan did not give up so easily. He gathered all his angels, all his devils, and he fought back. But he was not strong enough. And they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down to the earth and his angels with him. His second defeat. Why is that now that all of a sudden Michael could deny him entrance? That is what is explained by the loud voice in verse 10. Now have come salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. It is the blood of the Lamb, as we read in verse 10, that makes it possible to deny Satan entrance in heaven. 
in Revelation 7, there we can read that those who are in heaven, that they have made their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. The great multitude in white robes. In verse 14, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And the blood of the Lamb, it has special power. It cleanses us from sin, even from our sinful nature. Through the blood of the Lamb, the believers are righteous. They are saints. And for Satan, there is nothing to accuse anymore. So he has no right anymore to come in heaven. And God can now tell Michael to, do, to deny Satan entrance into heaven. The saints overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They were witnesses of Jesus Christ and of God. And it was that testimony that spoke about Christ, about the Messiah, about salvation through him that made Satan powerless and still makes him powerless. Again, Satan was defeated, not in the first place by power, by a mighty army, but by the blood of the Lamb and by his word. That are the weapons with which we have to fight and with which we will also overcome Satan. We still live on this earth. But also on this earth, we will be able to resist Satan and overcome him by the, <coughs> by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That is important, brothers and sisters. Satan did not expect to be defeated by the blood of the Lamb and his word. He has no resistance against that. And therefore, brothers and sisters, every day again, Seek your refuge in God and in the blood of the Lamb that washes away your sins. And in your battle against Satan, it is of utmost importance every day again to be cleansed from all our sins by Christ's blood. And then also to be witnesses and to testify to this world that there is forgiveness in Christ and that we have a new life through Him and through the Holy Spirit. It is important that we teach it our children. God builds his kingdom. Satan will not be able to hinder that. God works through the generations. Also the children of believing parents belong to the covenant, belong to God's people. Brothers and sisters, receiving children from God in the covenant and having a task as parents to raise those children as covenant children is a very important task in God's kingdom. Although in this society, a stay-at-home mom does not often receive much respect as a good, and a good career is seen as much more important than caring for the kids. And having more than two or three children, well, people look at you, at you as if, well, yeah, you don't know how it works. But let us realize that mothers who stay at home and teach, and, and, and raise their children have a very important task in God's kingdom. And also the fathers who take time for their kids. Parents raising their children and teaching them about God, about the Lamb, about the forgiveness of sins in His blood. That is the most important task that you can do in God's kingdom in the battle against Satan as parents. That's the most important task you have as parents, mothers and fathers to their children. But also anyone else speaking to others, 
to friends, to neighbors, to colleagues. Every time when we act as witnesses of Christ and tell them that there is salvation, then we make war against Satan. Not with swords or guns, but with the word of God. A double-edged, sharp sword. And when we use this weapon, then we know that Christ fights for us and that we will win the battle because the victory is already obtained by Christ. Satan is already defeated. Christ is seated at God's right hand now. And through him, God the Father governs all things. We don't have to fear Satan because he who sits at God's right hand, he is also our judge who will come again to judge the living and the dead. No one else will judge us, brothers and sisters, only Christ, who gave his own life and cleansed us with his own blood to make us righteous before God. He will come again, and we may expect him to come again, to finally destroy Satan, the great dragon, completely. That's what we see in the third place. He will come again. Satan saw that he was hurled down from heaven. He was filled with fury. He saw that the end was coming. He does not have much time left. He knows that he cannot win anymore and that he is defeated. But now he will try to do as much damage to God's church as possible. Now he cannot get the child of the woman. Now he tries to kill the woman. But God gives the woman two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the desert where she would be taken care of for a time, times and half a time. That is a time about which the book of Revelation spoke before. The time mentioned in chapter 11, the time in which the two witnesses will prophesy before the beast out of the abyss will kill them. That means all the time that the word of God will be preached on earth until Christ comes back, when all the nations will have heard his word, that is all the time from Christ's ascension to his return. Then Satan will be bound, and the woman is taken care of in the desert. And it reminds us, the desert reminds us of the Exodus of Israel out of Egypt before they came into Canaan. They also lived in the desert on their way to Canaan and were taken care of by God. And now also the church again lives in the desert, delivered out of the house of slavery, the power of death, and on her way to the heavenly Canaan, the new Jerusalem. And as long as the church lives in the desert, God will take care of her in his special way. But the dragon does not give up so easily. When he sees that the woman is given two wings to fly to the desert, then he pursues the woman. Then he pursues the people of God, the church of God. And we read how he spews water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with a torrent. But then the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. In the first place, the water like a river. What does that mean? The water is mentioned in the Bible more often as a threat. Jeremiah 47, verse 7 and 8, there we read about the rising Nile, whose rise, this rising like the Nile, like rivers whose waters surge. Egypt rises like the Nile, like rivers whose waters surge. He said, I will rise, I will cover the earth. 
I will destroy cities and their inhabitants. In the same way, here we see the dragon who spilled water to destroy the woman. And with in mind the prophecy of Jeremiah 46, where Egypt is mentioned as the surging water, and also the desert and the exodus out of Egypt, well, that connection is easily made. Egypt was a threat to Israel. But just as happened after the exodus, when Egypt came after Israel, Pharaoh with all his armies to take them back, but then the earth, the nature, helped the woman and swallowed up the danger, just like the Red Sea swallowed up Pharaoh and all his host. Satan tries to deceive the world that they will follow him. And he will succeed to deceive many of mankind, so that it may seem as if indeed the whole world follows him. We will hear more about that in Revelation 13, verse 3, this afternoon, where we read that the whole world followed the beast. And that is meant there as, as imitation of Jesus Christ, the Lamb. But it was not a complete imitation, because Revelation 5, the text which I quoted before, that we read that not just the whole world, but that every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them, they all sang their praises for the Lamb. The whole creation serves the Lamb and not Satan. And here again we see that the earth helped the woman and not the dragon. The power of Satan is limited. When God commands, then the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the enemies that threatened the woman, that threatened the church. And this is the third time that Satan is defeated. He will not be able to destroy the church. God is eternal king, and he will protect his church. But now we see that the dragon will do whatever he can to make war to her offspring. Although he cannot destroy the church, he will not hesitate to persecute and kill individual individual Christians. And that is a stage in which he is now, and that is a time in which we live now, brothers and sisters. Satan is defeated already three times. He could not kill the child, the son of God. Then he, he was denied a place in heaven and hurled down to the earth. And then in third place, he failed to destroy the church. And Christ's church is being gathered all over the earth. Now his last chance is to destroy as many believers as possible. And now he will call to his help all the powers of the earth, as we can read in Revelation 13. And we hear about it this afternoon. Therefore, this is a warning for us Christians never to remain on our own. We need the church. Christ promised to protect his church. Christ knows that we need each other, that we need the church to remain faithful. And that is why he commands us to join the church, and that we are all one in faith. That we are one, not many. Not many scattered all over the earth, but one in his congregation, the communion of saints, and as one body, in which we all help each other, and as a unity are governed and protected by our head, Jesus Christ. We are all responsible for each other, and if we are all faithful as communion of saints, then we will all share in Christ and all his benefits. And it means that we will be protected by Christ, 
against all the fury of Satan. Then Satan may call his beasts to his help, as he does in Revelation 13. And they can do terrible things. They can threaten the Christians. They can even perform miracles. But we may and we must trust in God and in Christ, whose kingdom will come and whose kingdom cannot fail. He reigns over earth and heaven. Lift up your heart, lift up your voice again. I say rejoice, rejoice, rejoice because the Lord, our Lord is king and robed with majesty. He girds himself with strength and equity. Therefore, the world established by his hand cannot be moved, but shall forever stand. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.